one super tactical tip, you know, on the bottom of your phone, there's the five icons that are your five most used apps. Put your CRM there. I like that. Don't have your social media, have your CRM. I like that. To the untrained eye, real estate is the business of shelter, of comfort, of home. But industry insiders know that just behind the curtain resides a world teeming with innovation and disruption and sometimes brutal competition. And there, in the midst of it all, stand our industry leaders, the folks with the answers to our million-dollar questions in real estate. We've got one of those leaders here for you today. I'm Jessica Edgerton. And I'm Tarko Heidinga from Leading Real Estate Companies of the World. Let's pull back the curtain. Welcome to Million Dollar Question. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome here again in another episode of A Million Dollar Question. Host uh, Taco Heininga coming to you with not one, but uh, two guests today of a beautiful company called Close. So for a quick introduction, let's get started. First, we're going to welcome Dan Foodie, who is one of the co-founders and the CEO of Close. And then brings a unique mix of technology, marketing, and business skills to the Close team. Foodie previously managed a 500 million software product portfolio at Progress Software, driving both product strategy and management. He is adept at growing both small and large product lines, yielding triple-digit revenue, increasing in new businesses and transforming existing businesses. As a CTO of Actionable Corporations, Foodie created a leader uh, in uh, the SOA management space and earned recognition as the top 25 CTOs by InfoWorld. And his partner and also co-founder and CMO of Close is um, Mr. Alex Cote. Uh, He spent his entire career in various leadership roles at internet-based software startups. As a well-rounded, customer-focused marketing executive with 25-plus years of product strategy and marketing experience, Alex brings extensive enterprise, small business, and consumer engagement expertise to close. Prior to close, Alex provided marketing consulting and served as an interim CMO for Boston-area startups Lontera, Jana Mobile, and others. As vice president of marketing of Cotera, He led several launches and marketing programs for the software as a service and business information-based products. Alex is a public relations expert quoted in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Entrepreneur, Inc., TechCrunch, The Street, CFO Magazine, and several other publications. I trust this is going to be a very interesting conversation today. So let's get started here at Million Dollar Question. So hi, Alex and Dan, welcome to the show. It's such a great honor to have both of you here. And uh, as you know, we're going to ask you the million dollar question. But before we get started, you know, we're six and a half months in 2023. And I just want to know how things are going so far with both of you. Let's just start with Alex. Yeah, things are things are going quite well. It's been you know an interesting start of the year obviously we've seen interest rates rise and things like that that have impacted the market but we've also seen the, the brokerages that are in the best financial position really investing right now investing in their tools investing in their people and coaching so there's a little bit of an inverse at least for us where brokerages are investing in tech like close to help their agents in the in this type of a climate and so um, we've seen a very strong adoption of our product in 
and really expansion of it. I think when the markets get tough, one of the things you look at is look at your own sphere, look at your own, you know, the people you worked with in the past and CRM is right at the center of that. So Enclose is obviously a sphere of influence style CRM. So it works quite well in that environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about that. What about you, Dan? How, how has your year been so far? It's been busy. So, you know, if you echoing a little bit of what Alex said, if you look back a year and a half ago, a lot of agents could stumble out of their doorstep and land a deal um, without even doing anything. And so it didn't require any tools or any work or any, any real hard process. But now we're in a world where agents actually have to work for their business. And so that's actually, you know, that's a good thing in lots of ways, not only for software vendors, but for agents themselves, um, you know, that they actually have to figure out how to do the best job selling. And so that's, you know, that's all good for products like ours that are really there to help make agents more successful. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's a lot of back, back to basics is what we hear a lot. Oh, you know, yeah. we've gone to a fair number of conferences in the fall, the spring. And what you hear from all the leadership is your best source of leads is your sphere. Go back to what you were doing before the pandemic. Start talking to those people. You know, it's all the good best practices you had. You, they forgot about them. So they've spent a lot of time re-educating their agents on how to how to be an agent. And so that's it's, that's the, the heart of it. I've been hearing that a lot. Back to basics. Exactly. And, and, and to really start understanding more about that, we'll dive deeper into this. Uh, but, but just before we, again, get to that million-dollar question, Close, you know, well, we know about the company, wonderful company. You have sent me some many great articles just quickly for our listeners. And I would love to ask this question to Dan. Dan, tell us, what is that big problem that Close is uh, trying to solve within the real estate industry? Well, I'd almost break it into two. So from an agent perspective, people think of Close often as a cross between a CRM and a personal assistant. But when you think of the role a brokerage is in, Brokerages are competing with all the big portals, the Zillows of the world that have access to infinite amounts of consumer data. And how are they going to compete? Well, the reality is brokerages actually have a lot of data. They just don't know it and they just can't take advantage of it. Every agent in a brokerage has a huge amount of information about their entire sphere and everyone else they know. So on average, you know, a typical agent actually has relationships with about 5,000 people. And so you pool all that information across the entire brokerage, and there's a huge amount of data that brokerages could take advantage of to give themselves a, a big competitive advantage. So our role and what we're trying to do with Close is help brokerages take advantage of all of that hidden data. It's usually talked about as unstructured data, the conversations, all of the information going back and forth between the clients and the agents. Yeah. Take advantage of that information and use that to give the brokerage overall a competitive advantage versus all the big players in the market. Fantastic. Fantastic. Alex, anything to add to that, that you feel that, you know, that, that this is really why close exists in, in our industry. Yeah. So I, I take what Dan says and, and kind of add on to it is that the, the baseline is right at the agent, the individual. And, and so we take all that information at the individual agent level and help them do their job better. Yeah. And so, and that's really the job that we see software doing. And that's what we saw in the market when we created Close. Most CRMs were built for really big companies for command and control. And frankly, not really for real estate. They just tend to be a lot of work. And so you, you started off with the best intentions. You've been told to use it. And then you kind of fade over time. 
and you fade because it's just too much work. Nobody likes doing it. So our job was to reinvent, kind of reimagine it. And as dad said, as Dan said, that cross between a personal assistant and a CRM is what makes clothes very different. We automate out all the traditional busy work. So you can just do what you do well. And we serve up alongside of them all the things that they need to do. So let the AI and the automation assist them. Rather than spending all your day entering contacts in by hand, which gives you no advantage, we just do that. And then we remind them through a lot of AI about what they should be doing, surfacing the important stuff and getting rid of all the kind of the noise off to the side. Yeah. It's a very different approach to CRM. Very nice, very nice. And I like that you're making that bridge, uh, Alex, uh, because uh, let's actually dive into the million dollar question now, as, as we promised, you know, you know, with the latest developments that we hear about AI and, and, you know, there's a lot of fear, uncertainty. I talk to a lot of agents, you know, they say, what's this going to do? What's this going to do to the industry? And, and recently I, I heard, I mean, you, you guys were one of the early adopters of, of, you know, putting, integrating chat GPT into close, right? Which actually empowers the agents again. So, you know, the question is, will AI actually make that significant change? Will it take over the job of the real estate agent? How drastically is all of this? And can you, can you share your thoughts of what AI will do for this industry? And Alex, let, let's start with you. Sure. You know, it's definitely not going to replace the agent. I mean, it, they, they have to be doing the day-to-day -day work. It, just like any tool, if you think about how the internet changed the world, right, or how the mobile phone changed the world, there are waves of technology that happen. And these are tools that we take advantage of. It's the same conversation that's happening in, in schools and university, right? How are the professors reacting to how chat GPT is going to work? They, it's a tool in the, in the tool belt, so students are going to use it. So the professors need to adapt as well. Yeah. In any industry, tech comes in, and yes, maybe there's some positions and jobs that could be replaced by it. But at the end of the day, it's just another tool, and you have to learn how to adapt and use it. So our job, when it comes to integrating it, is to help them use it on a day-to-day -day basis, use it in a manner that's actually going to help them. But it's certainly not going to replace them. They're out there. It's a relationship business. They're in the field. Somebody's got to show up. Unless there's an army of robots showing houses, that's not quite. We're not quite there yet with robots. But you know, maybe that's the bigger threat. But for now. There's a person there and you need that human touch and you need to have that expertise and ChatGPT isn't going to negotiate a deal for you or anything like that. So it's going to help get rid of a lot of busy work. That's fine. There's a lot of other AI that's not ChatGPT that we use to help automate. That's all there for them. There's lots of AI and all kinds of photos and other kinds of products and things like that. That's just helping them do their job. And so that's the way I would look at it. It's not a threat. It's just a tool to help them. So that, yeah, I would break it in. Yes, please, Dan. I break it in, I break it into two levels. So ChatGPT is not going to replace agents. It might replace marketing people. Um, AI in general is moving at a fast pace. Eventually, it will probably replace some set of agents. But I use analogy I use for a lot of folks on this is think about the digital camera when it first came in. Uh, I'm old enough to know when it first arrived. Uh, I think you know, a fair number of your listeners probably are as well. Um, but when before digital cameras arrived, photographers were these magical people who had invested thousands of dollars in this esoteric specialized equipment. And only they could be the ones to do photographs of events because all of the investment in equipment and everything was, was a really hard thing. But when you looked at it, there were really good photographers and there were ones who just had the money to invest in the equipment and weren't very good at all. Yeah. 
So what digital photography did when it came in is it eliminated all the people who didn't have the skill and it made all the ones who had the skill even better. And I think AI over time will do the same thing in the real estate business. Anyone who doesn't really have the core skills and is just in it because they took the test, for example, will probably not be able to compete with the commodity side. And anyone who is good will get even better because of all the AI and tools around them. Yeah, wonderful. That that's that's really great, and it's also fascinating to to hear in in what kind of pace that is moving. Right? If we we just look at a couple of months back and where we are today, and if I even listen to the industry of the amount of agents uh, all over the world uh, starting to use this, making this part of their you know either their content plan or you know how they write listings, it's just been fascinated in how actually agents are using this to empower themselves. But at the same time, you also hear this fear. And I like then what you said about the, you know, the, the digital camera, right? Everybody was like, well, what, what is this? You know, what is this going to do with, with, with everything? I think that Kodak make, made some mistakes there when they were, you know, <laughs> thinking of, oh, this is not going to replace the role. People would want to still go to the shop and, you know, print out their own uh, pictures, but it's, it's an interesting ride so far, but, it means I, I would guess that both you, Alex, and Dan, you you talk to a lot of real estate professionals, uh, right? Are you talking to a lot of them every day? <laughs> every day. So that means that you must hear some key challenges from them, right? And 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 those key challenges. Do you what, what would you say? How what are those key challenges, and how do they overcome them, uh, Alex? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's it's there's there's some it depends on the market. Some some markets are, are super busy right now. And so there's some agents that are just looking for continuous improvement to to manage their business, right? And they're in others, they're they're in that post pandemic, what happened to that huge book of business that I had the last year and a half, all of a sudden things slowed down. So there's th- those folks coming back saying, Okay, I know I need to go back. My managers coached me on this or have gone to some kind of a coaching program, uh, sat down through that training and said, all right, this is the time to get reorganized. This is how I get my, my business back in order. And a, a lot of it's the basics. Do I have a list of all my customers organized somewhere? And, and so I was talking to an agent uh, not too long ago, and he, he, he described it as I had a list. Now I have a database and it's, it's a nuance, but the database, which at its core, that's what a CRM is, is to him gives him the ability to really target and work and stay in flow and constant communication with that core group of people. So that focus is what matters and what impacts his business. And mm-hmm. without that, you can't do it. And so when you get to challenges, a lot of times it has to do with how do my, why did my business slow down? How do I dig out? And that's probably the biggest thing we've been seeing. And there's obviously challenges around interest rates in the United States and inventory and things like that. Uh, but the good agents find ways to work around it. There's always something happening. That's, you know, people move. They just, that's, that's human nature. You're not going to stay put forever. Exactly. They're, they're definitely not going to stay put forever. Dan, to you, you know, what, what I find interesting as I was doing some research, you know, on clothes and some of the articles that you were so kind to share with me, uh, you know, I read that, you know, only one in four agents uh, pointed to a, a CRM, a customer relationship management as being their top source for quality leads, you know, despite more than 80% of buyers and sellers coming from repeat clients and referrals. 
So Dan, the, the, the question here is, why do you think that so many agents are still not fully utilizing a CRM as their a trusted source of business? Well, so you need to step back and think about the typical CRM in this world. Um, and the typical CRM, it's like giving an agent a big empty filing cabinet and saying, here's a filing cabinet. You will be so successful once you do all the work to file on, organize all your contacts, put them in here. Um, yeah, maybe it'll take you seven to 10 months of organization, but boy, you're going to be great once you've organized all that data. And who wants an empty filing cabinet? It's like, it's like giving your significant other a vacuum cleaner, right? So, <laughs> um, so no wonder agents are intimidated and don't want to use CRM. Most of them have zero benefit that they're adding for someone. They're just an, a place you can organize. You can put all the things you've already done all the work about. Mm -hmm. And in the closed world, we try and do the reverse. Part of our goal is to do all of that busy work for someone. So when you start using close, it's like saying, here's a filing cabinet already organized with all of your clients already in, in order by importance with all the information around them. Now start going through and doing what you do best. And so it's that difference in the in the beginning, the foundations of what are you give what tools are you giving an agent that makes all the difference there. If you give them a big bag of work, they are going to behave a lot differently than if you give them the starting point already ready for them to do what they do best. Fantastic. Fantastic. And like you said, like this filing cabinet, you know, let's to the terms of, you know, in real estate, you know, our database and, and Alex, I would love to ask this question to you. You know, uh, it's important to, to have that database that, you know, to, to, to have that filing cabinet as wonderful Dan describes it, but you know, you need to also nurture it, right? You have to keep it warm. You have to keep it informed. You have to keep it educated. You know, what are some of your tips that you see best agent practices do to nurture a good database? Yeah. So it's kind of counterintuitive. One of the things that we talk about a lot is, is, is focus. And so as Dan was saying, you get agents who are like, I got all these people, I got to try to organize the world. And so we tend to say, organize 50 people, maybe a hundred. Yeah. If you get a, if you have extra time, 200 people. Yeah. Who did you, who did you help buy or sell in your career? Focus on them and don't worry about anybody else. If you stay in flow with them, talk to them, one-to-one. -one. This is the agent difference. And this is where marketing versus humans really make a difference. You can have all kinds of automation and you can talk about chat GPT content and all that. But at the end of the day, this is a relationship business. You need to talk to that client. It makes a huge difference. So my number one piece of advice is just talk to your past clients and do it in a consistent manner. And so our AI is very good at surfacing automatically who you should get in touch with. And we do that by automatically tracking their calls and their texts and their emails and their meetings. So we know precisely exactly the last time that they talked to that person. Yeah. Time speeds by, we forget, calls will surface them. And so when we think about you know, the, the, the core of what to do, some of the most successful agents I know only talk to somewhere between 50 and 100 people. But those people give them referrals, they repeat that core base is everything that is their business and they don't have to i'm doing a i'm doing a webinar in a couple hours with a with an agent and he's only been in the business for three years he started off i just met him it's friday so I, this is a brand new he's been using clothes for three years he started he tra transferred industries he was in hospitality he was in hotel kind of industry and switched over took his sphere put it in clothes worked it he's now selling 
about 150 transactions a year wow. right out of the right out of the gate. And his whole story is all about close. I love those stories. But it's not it's not like he knew 10,000 people and he had this big marketing program and he was spending tons of dollars. All he did was work his sphere of core people that he put in there from the beginning. So focus in but live communication. And so when we come back, tying back to AI and all that stuff we hear about, oh, it's going to replace, going to automate this. You still need that human touch in relationships and there's nothing that can replace it. And just a quick text here and there, you know, saying hello, from, you know, having your CRM with little notes about their kids and their pets and what they like to do and all those little things you weave in. That's what a human does really well. And so boil it down to that and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, let me let me echo something Alex said there. You know, let's say you're using a, another CRM and you haven't talked to a past client in 2 3 years. The first impulse of a lot of agents is let me send them a glitzy newsletter and that's going to get them to want to talk to me, right? Yeah. And in fact, that's the exact opposite of what you want to do. Your best approach is to be personal. Just a simple one-line note that says, "Hey, we haven't talked in a while." I'd love to catch up. That has dramatically better, uh, you know, conversion ratio. If you just talk business sense, yeah. the value you'll get something like forty percent of people will actually reply to a "Hey, we haven't talked in a while," whereas 01 percent of people will reply to a newsletter to, from someone they haven't talked with in uh, in uh, you know two years. That's a two hundred times difference ratio in your ability to get in contact with someone. Wow. And so people tend to focus on the wrong kind of communication. They focus on the glitzy, the marketing, the prepackaged stuff. And just like in the podcast world, the raw, the personal, the simple, often is much, much better kind of content. Fully agree with that. Yeah. Uh, that, that that's definitely true. And, and would you say, Alex, is it, is it the shiny things, the new tools, all the I mean, the new technologies and everything that is thrown to us, only distracting us from actually just building those, let's say, authentic relationships, those simple conversations. Is it not more distracting us than it's making us better as agents? Do you have an opinion about that? I think the real estate industry is not alone, but, you know, with the shiny object syndrome, it's like whatever shiny you run after that to, to solve something. Yeah. But uh, you know, the little, the little things at the end of the day, as, as Dan was saying, those little moments of co connecting at a personal level will do far more to a business than anything else. And I think, you know, honestly, we talk to agents and, you know, a challenge is there, there's a little bit of fear there. And, you know, what, I'm done with the transaction. They don't, do they want to hear from me or, or not? And, and, you know, again, talk to agents all the time. One, one of them recently described it as I earn the right to talk to them, right? I help them buy a home or sell a home. and what his advice is, is just jump into it. Do something simple, check in. I was driving down your street, just wanted to say hello, reminded me, you know, say some, say hello, do a handwritten note, do a little thing like that, a little engagement. Nearly a hundred percent of the time, they're going to be perfectly fine talking to you. And the more you do it, it becomes less awkward. Yeah. And so at the beginning, if you feel like it's a little awkward, you're going to find, you know, find little ways Get to know their kids and their family and whatever else they connect and whatever their hobbies are and little things like that that give you those moments of connection that builds up and makes it easier and easier over time and so the the automation through marketing or uh, whatever shiny object is out there it's not going to help them with yeah. that and you will get more more out of that one-to-one -one authenticity 
from your day-to-day yeah. activities. But I'm going to expand the picture a little bit here. So Alex is focused on that like top 200 people. You know, we all know in real estate that you need to keep in touch with everyone in your sphere, you know, twice a month typically, right? Yeah. And so for those most important people, the 100, the 200, that personal touch is absolutely what you want to do. But historically, that's where the good agents had to stop. They just didn't have enough bandwidth to deal with the next 500. Yeah. And so for that next 500, a lot of them went to this purely, they went from the very personal stuff they did with their, with their sphere, with their small part of their sphere, to incredibly impersonal marketing newsletter type stuff. And so there was no in-between. What AI offers is the, you know, take that next tier, the ones after your top 200, the 200 to 700, the 200 to 500, and do and help you engage with those people in a way that's more personal than a newsletter, but more scalable than the one-to-one hand-to-hand that you do for the, for the tightest part of your sphere. Yeah. And so I think that will be the biggest benefit of using it. But if you try and use the AI for your poor sphere of relationships, people will sniff out that it's not authentic. Um, and it will, and it will, and can expand to the far end of the people you've never met. So, but it's much better at, you know, it, where it fills the gap that has never really had a good solution is the people that are just outside the ones that you want to keep in touch with and have the bandwidth to keep in touch with. So that's where AI is going to make a big difference in the shortest terms, I think. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I'd add to that is, is so we've talked about is kind of, you know, who your sphere is and you know who those people are. What's fascinating is how often you talk to an agent and they don't remember all the people they worked with over the last mm-hmm. 10 years. It might be a good problem. They've had a lot of transactions, but that's also what AI is really good at doing. It's good at traversing large sets of data. And that's, as Dan was talking about, we process a tremendous amount of data on behalf of an agent in a brokerage. That's that untapped data. And so we can traverse the data, find somebody they knew well, and bring it back in front of them without them having to do anything. And so how do you how do you not, you know, there's there's always this loss, right, that can happen over time if you're not nurturing and staying, staying in touch with folks. And so recapturing, re-establishing folks that were part of your sphere that might have fallen off is another thing that AI can do where you can't normally do that yourself. You can't forget. And, you know, talk about challenges. We've got some of the most successful agents in the world and you start with them and, and they don't have a list of their clients anywhere. And it's shocking sometimes like that they don't. And, but they do have a history of 20 years worth of email and they do have a 20 years worth of, you know, other data. And so how do you rip through that and give them something meaningful? And that's, that's the job of technology. Wow, this is this is really fascinating. I mean, putting all that, you know, going back, tracking back of all that information, data, communication, and then using AI to kind of structure it all and making us, you know, use it again is just is just it's going to be a very interesting time moving ahead. And talking about moving ahead, Dan, I would really like to know from you what are the future plans of, of close? What is next? Uh, what, what's going to happen in the next couple of months or maybe a year? Well, we don't tend to t- talk about our, future, our, uh, our roadmap in public on things, but you know, there is a huge amount of untapped ability to go. I talked early on about all the data that brokerages have. Yeah. There is a huge amount of opportunity to analyze and produce insights off of that data. Just some simple examples of ones we're already doing are things like 
um, automatically being able to figure out where did a lead come from. A lot of brokerages have a problem that they get transactions that are closed and they have no idea where that lead originated. So we can use AI to automatically figure that out. Um, for brokerages that own a mortgage business, our AI can actually surface leads from agents when agents are having conversations with a client about maybe you need to think about finding a mortgage. Our AI can help surface that so that your mortgage business can have more leads. Um, and so you think about the, the opportunities to analyze the conversations that are going on between people without breaking privacy at all, but just analyzing it, bringing insights for the agent, for the brokerage, there's an unlimited, un untapped amount of opportunities to take advantage of that data. And so we're continuing to go in deeper into that data, helping draw insights, help brokerages figure out even things like lead routing is, is you know, routing leads is something that has been, um, you know, it, the techniques people use are things that are reused in the 1960s. It's randomly give this lead to someone in your brokerage, right? Yeah. That's basically, we're using technology to randomly pick people today. Um, and the problem is you take someone that comes to your website, that person already knows 11 other real estate agents. Yeah. So if you randomly give a lead to someone in your brokerage, your, your agent is number 12 on the list. So no wonder the conversion ratios are so awful. Yeah. But now think about the data. There's data that shows what every agent, who they know. And so if you can tap that data and say, I'm going to route this lead to an agent in my brokerage who already knows this person, yeah. you're now connecting a warm lead with an existing relationship. And that's when the magic happens. That's just some examples of the kind of things you can do when you take advantage of the data that's already there. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. And going back to, to your customers, uh, Alex, you know, uh, uh, you were mentioning earlier, you know, that, that this is a, was a changing market. This is this, you know, compared with the previous year where, you know, everybody could be an agent. Now we have to prove ourselves again that we are professionals and, and, you know, using the tools that the, like a CRM or with close and with the AI and everything, you know, what are some of your tips that you would give the agents in this current market, right? High interest rates, you know, you say market from market, it, it's a different from each other, but, you know, you talk to a lot of agents. So what are those main tips that you would give them right now? Like focus on that and, you know, you will see your business take off or at least, you know, push forward. Yeah. You know, especially for agents that didn't have a CRM in you know, during the pandemic. One of the things that I've heard consistently now is, man, I wish I did this before the pandemic, because I would have made twice the amount of money if I was as organized and had all this data and all this opportunity that's come out of my CRM just by having it. And so I think there's a there's a batch of folks that realized how much of an impact it can make on their business now. So when you from a general tip, it's just kind of what I echoed before a little bit. It's, it's you get out there, it's talking in, in live flow, um, you know, that, that human touch matters. But when you do so, provide something of value. You just can't call up and say the same thing every single time. You, so if interest rates are what's on top of everybody's mind, talk about that, help educate them on that. Tell them what their home is worth, right? You get in, There's lots of impersonal tools out there. Do it at a personal level. Tell them about their neighborhood, what's happened, what's changed. A lot of agents focus on neighborhoods, even specific streets. Yeah. They're the best informed person in the neighborhood. Provide, provide value on a consistent basis. How can you help? Those types of things keep you close, 
You're not selling them anything. Make that clear in your process. You're just, you're providing, you're part of their professional network. And that's the way you should be perceived. So you're the trusted real estate advisor. You want to position yourself as an advisor for a lifetime. So you can pick up the next transactions and other family members, but you got to provide value the entire way. And so that would be my number number one piece of advice. Fantastic. Dan, Dan, anything to add to that? Any tips you would give agents in this current market? Yeah, a lot of agents have historically thought transactionally. I sell a home. I'm done with that person right now. Uh, and that's the exact opposite of, of the way you build a successful business. As, as we talked about, this is a repeat business is your easiest and simplest way to generate new business. And so when you close a sale, that's actually the start of the relationship going forward for you. It's not the end. You need to think about it as, all right, now, how do I move to that next phase of our relationship? What value can I add to this person who's already bought their home? You know, can I help them with tips on renovation? Can I help them with, uh, you know, finding someone to repair things? So keep involved with your clients. And this is just the beginning of your relationship is the closing. It is not the end. Fantastic. Fantastic. I really like that. I find it so fascinating what you both are doing uh, for, for the industry and, and people would just be, you know, not doing themselves a favor if they would not be using clothes, well, at least not be checking out some more information about clothes, especially after this uh, podcast. So Alex, can you tell us a little bit, you know, where can we find more information, any website, social media pages, company pages, where can we go to see more about clothes? Sure. Uh, Close.com, C-L-O-Z-E.com. But, you know, it's interesting. When we started off, we started off as a mobile app. So we didn't start on computer. We started on oh, iPhone wow. and Android. So you can go. And then we went to desktop. So everything you do on our mobile app, you can also do on your desktop. We like to describe it like that. So there's no difference. So best place to find us, go to the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, search for clothes again with a Z, and you'll find us in there. So any of those places, a great place to start. If you want to give it a try, uh, go there. Try it. You give trials. and. Give it a try. Uh, really, really amazing. And and uh, and before we we go to the final question, I just want to say that you know I used to be a real estate agent, and I I thought you know you know closing deals, you know you find a listing. I always thought list market sell. How hard can it be, right? But exactly what Dan was saying earlier, right? Uh, so so beautifully, like the, the relationship starts once you close the deal, and then you know uh, when and a person once said to me, he says, you know, the secret about real estate is that every seller becomes a buyer and every buyer becomes a seller. And if you understand that cycle, you know exactly what you're doing. And I think the tools that you guys are providing, and especially now with AI, is such a must-have solution, right? It's just not negotiable with yourself. It's something that you should have. And the, instead of looking at your Facebook or your Instagram in the morning, it's the first thing you should be looking at in the morning, like what's happening in my database what's going on and who can I start doing some business with today. So congratulations, gentlemen, on putting such a nice, uh, beautiful tool on the market. And with the final question, and let me start with Dan, you know, any final words, thoughts or messages that you would like to give to our audience and our audience are real estate people, they're brokers, sales managers, agents, any final thoughts that you would like to give to them? Yeah. I think the key is just take advantage of the assets you have, the relationships of whether it's you're an agent, your own relationships, there's a brokerage, 
the network of relationships across all of your agents. Think about how you use that network of relationships as your advantage, because that is the one tool that the big uh, portals, the Zillows of the world have no visibility into. It is your goal. It is your competitive advantage that only you have access to. So use that, figure out how to use that as your biggest competitive weapon. Fantastic, Dan. Thank you. And Alex, uh, to you also the same question, you know, any thoughts, messages to our audience? Yeah, I think you just, uh, you know, you brought up one that's really important that we talk a lot about, and that's routine and morning routine. And so all the top performing agents I know have a routine around that. And so you get into a rhythm, get into a routine. I'll come back to close. Close is very good at giving you that morning routine, surfacing the people you should talk to rather than having to hunt for it. It's just there for you kind of magically. So take advantage of that. Spend 15 minutes there. Don't go into your inbox. That's somebody else's agenda foisted on you. Focus on your own business. Invest there in the morning. And then you got the rest of the day. Do whatever you got to do. But you've invested a bit in your business. Stayed in contact with those important parts of your sphere. Makes a tremendous business difference. That's why you CRM. It's all about the business, right? One, One super tactical tip related to that. You know, on the bottom of your phone, there's the five icons that are your five most used apps. Put your CRM there. I like that. Don't have your social media. Have your CRM. I like that. That that's one I'm going to do right after this uh, this recording. That's a good idea. <laughs> I really like that idea. Uh, put the most uh, most ones that you're going to use. Okay, gentlemen. But that's all the time. Unfortunately, we have. I can talk all day about this, and of course, I'm sure our audience would like the same. But uh, definitely go find the website close close.com and uh, you know I want to just say a huge thank you to both of you Alex Cote and uh, Dan Foodie for joining me here on the podcast million dollar question it was an honor having you here and I hope to see you either at one of our events or soon again either online thank you so much thank you thanks very much for having me okay that that ends us for today's session here at million dollar question and we will be back again soon with the next episode with either uh, somebody from the industry as a real estate agent, sales manager, brokerage, or maybe one of, again, one of the tech providers we have here at a leading real estate companies of the world. Hope to see you again next time. Bye-bye.